Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. All right, welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 126, and today we're going to talk about rites of passage for boys walking into manhood. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. I ask for blessing. I pray that you would lead this conversation. I pray that you'd help me think with clarity and that this should be a good time. I pray that the pastors listening in, if they're fathers of sons, that you'd help them as they're raising their sons. And most likely they're pastoring a a bunch of men in their church who have sons. And so I pray that this would be equipping for them as well. Uh, Lord, help me as I'm just continuing to think through this and process through this uh, to try to raise my sons, Ransom and Valor. And uh, God, we know that as pastors, we are men before Christian men, before we're pastors, and that we're fathers before we're pastors. And the training ground of pastoral work is in the home. And so help us as we're raising our boys up to see them become men of God. Help us, help us to give them real markers of what it means to be a man. I trust you're going to help me to do that here during this time. And uh, you'll just lead in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's start with somewhat of a problem, which is the fact that boys in general in our world are under attack. And I think that you can look out in our society and and see across the board that that is the case. I really don't have to build a big defense for that. You can see that masculinity, manhood, boyhood itself is under attack. And we don't have good rites of passages to bring our boys up into being men. Years ago, I had been thinking about this, and and really all through high school, I had been thinking about this because there was a group of men at our church that wanted to be intentional about raising their sons. So let's think timeline here. The the group of guys at our church were the group of guys that had the greatest generation fathers. So they were baby baby boomer men. And, And really, if you're a baby boomer man... Most likely, you had a dad that was just really disconnected. And, and this is a group of guys that were just like that. They wanted to raise up some young men, and they wanted to do better than their dads. So they didn't exactly know what to do, but they were all just kind of forging ahead together. And then the book Wild at Heart came out. Uh, that came out a few years after this book called Raising a Modern Day Knight. And these guys were just wanting to do a really good job. And by and large, they did a lot better job uh, at raising sons than their dads did. And so me and my buddies don't have a lot of the same issues that they did because of their father's absence or their father's abuse, one of the two. But this book, Raising a Modern Day Night, was written and then that and then Eldridge Wild at Heart, and it just lit a fire into these guys. And essentially what uh, Raising a Modern Day Night was about was taking a boy from boyhood to manhood through the knighthood process. So you start off as a squire and you have these four big rites of passages that you take these young men through and then and then they end up arriving at manhood. There were some good things for that. It got again, it got people thinking intentional. But as I've been processing through manhood and when my son Ransom was born, it, you, you just start thinking about how, how am I going to raise a son? Because I wanted to even be more intentional with my sons. And now that we have a daughter, in the process of thinking through not just biblical womanhood, we've got to grasp on that. These six words that I've been using for manhood and womanhood, I think are really, I think they're one, biblical, but I think they're, they're helpful to get handles on what we're trying to do. And, uh, and so, real quick, for, for a man, it's worship, work, protect, provide, lead, love. For a girl, for a woman, it's worship, work, help, help submit, fear nothing, love. And these rites of passages, then, are going to be built around these six words that are these action words about manhood. And for, for my daughter, that's going to be the same thing. And so, Jordan and I are working through that. And so, in a couple years, give me a few years to think about this. I've been thinking about this for 
I don't know, over a decade now about raising boys. And so I see the importance of this, I really do, in our, in our culture, but also in the church as well, because we really don't have markers of what manhood is in the church as well. If you just ask an average church pastor, and pastor, you know this, if you, even if you've been thinking through this, it's hard to get handles on this. If you just ask the average middle-of-the-road evangelical dad, hey, what does it mean to be a man? What a man who are men and what do men do? They won't have an answer. They won't have a definition. And so what I want to do with this is give you help. I want to help you and give you tools for the men in your church and for you in particular, Pastor, as you're raising your sons. And so I want to work through these rites of passage, worship, work, protect, provide, lead, love. This first rite of passage comes and is built from around the word worship. And in 1 Timothy, I think there's a really interesting thing here. This is just kind of a quick side note. We all know the passage out of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, where Paul tells Timothy, let no one look down on you for your youthfulness, and then tells him, but set an example in speech, love, conduct, faith, purity. Uh, for those you're leading, set the example, and they're not going to look down on you. That's important, but Paul modeled something just a chapter and a half later that I think is really neat, and it's in chapter 12, or chapter 6, verse 11. Here's what he says. But flee these things, you man of God. So others were looking at Timothy and seeing his youthfulness. But when Paul addresses Timothy, he addresses him as a man of God. And I think that's important. It gets important that what we're doing is wanting to build up these boys to the place where we're speaking to them as men. And if others look at them, if they look young, if they're 18 years old, if they're 20 years old, and everybody else looks at them and thinks, boy, look at those young guys. We look at those men, look them in the eye, and we say, but as for you, O man of God, and I think that's great. I think that's what Paul was doing there, is modeling something for us. Okay, let's work through worship, work, protect, provide, lead, love. Now, I've done episodes on this in particular, on those words, and you can go back and find those. Okay, so let's think about worship. Um, All of life is, is about worship. A man, to be a man of God, has to be a worshiper, and the boy needs to know this, and he really needs to know this from an early age. And so as we're catechizing Ransom and Valor, they're learning why they exist. Who made you? God. What else did God make? Everything. Why did God make you in all things? For his glory. So we're teaching him these things at an early age, which is great. But at some point, after the boy becomes a Christian, and this is what this is what I'm proposing for you here this morning, is after your son becomes a Christian, and this happened for Ransom at the age of six, it's a really good thing to be able to gather a group of men that love Jesus and that you respect, that he will look up to, a group of men from the church that he's going to know for a long time, and gather the small group of men around them that he respects and ask these men to tell your son about the love of Christ and why being a Christian man is awesome. Have them tell of God's faithfulness to them. Have them tell of all that God has done for them. It's just an amazing thing when you begin to hear stories from men about God's provision and God's care, how much he's done for them. And gather this group of men not to tell the boy how great the boy is, but to tell him how great Christ is. Now, this is a little bit different from some of the things that I'd experienced growing up, maybe some of the things that you have experienced as well. Because how this was done in the past, how I've seen it done anyways, is you gather your son together, get the group of guys together, and then they tell your sons how great their son is. And certainly there's some good things there. They, they say, here's what I admire about you. Here's what I see in you. Here's what I see God doing in you. But I want to flip that. And I want to ask my son to look at a group of men who are loved by God and hear these group of men tell my sons, here's what's so great about being a man of God. God is faithful and he has given me a family. He has given me work to do. He has given me a mission 
And I just want Ransom and, and Valor, when he becomes a Christian, to hear those things. And so that's the first rite of passage we're going to do. We're going to do that sometime here in the next year or so. Work. Sons need to learn work from an early age. This is not just provisional work, but this is just work as a way of life. And so, again, go back and hear these episodes. I've talked about these episodes before, and you can hear about this in greater detail. But your sons need to be included in the work from a very early age, working outside, working around the house, doing whatever they can to know that just life consists of work. Six days you should work. We need to teach them how to rest as well. But they have to learn that their hands need to be calloused and that work isn't going anywhere. That it's not like... Uh, you know, you can work for a few years and then, uh, you know, you finally finish. Even in retirement one day, we're going to be workers. Work is an integral part of life, and that's what God calls us to. If you don't work, you don't eat. So they need to learn this. So as you're thinking through rites of passage, and, and these really are just to get you thinking, and you can you can do these rites of passages, you can think of your own, you can tweak it a little bit, make it better for your sons. I'm just trying to give you food for thought here. I'm just trying to, to help you think through raising sons. And then again, pastors, giving your guys something to think about as well. So during the teenage years, at some point, the rite of passage I'm thinking through is that I want to assign Ransom, and, and Valor would be included in this as well, I want to assign for them a, just a monumental titanic task, a task that seems absolutely impossible, and I want to assign that work to them. Uh, it could be clearing out and burning trees, it could be demolishing a house that we had purchased that's a terrible house that we just need a lot or something, making something up here. Uh, any job that requires persistence, plotting, sweat, most likely blood, probably a chainsaw. It looks like there's no way we could possibly do this. And I want them to look at that and think, okay, if my dad says I can do it, uh, I'm going to go out and do it. And I want them to go out and I, I want them to clear that field or whatever it is. Now, these are these are things that they would have experience with already because they've been working hard with me doing projects like this. But this is for them specifically. This is for the boys specifically to do this titanic task and figure it out. It may be clearing out 30 trees and burning them all because maybe they were there's a bunch of ash trees in Illinois now that are dying off because these ash, I don't know, like diseases or something that's killing the trees. Something that requires them maybe a whole summer to work hard to accomplish the goal. So the rite of passage, monumental, titanic task. Worship, work, protect. Okay, I want to require my sons to, to work out or to be some somewhat physically strong, dude, to do MMA or self-defense or something. We've got a guy in our church that is a, a, an MMA fighter. He's been on the UFC. Uh, my buddy Garrett Gross, he's like, he's he's just a really good fighter. He's always in shape, always training, and he, he's taking some time off. But I asked him a couple weeks ago, hey, man, would you give me some basic self-defense? Because I want to be able to protect my family, not just with a weapon, which which they're going to be required to learn about how, how to handle a, a firearm but and, and many kinds of firearms. But I want to be able to handle myself and be able to handle my boys. And so I want to require them to be strong. They need to be physically strong. They need to be able to handle themselves. And they need to be prepared and trained with the use of firearms. And so when they're 21 years old, they should be able to go take a concealed carry class and, and carry that gun that I had purchased them already. And they should be able to carry that on their person. I want them to know how to use a weapon, which we're going to do when we go hunting, when we go shooting. They just need to know how to do that. That's just an important thing. But they need to be able to take care of themselves with their body. They need to be able to protect those around them with their body. And the more you can protect people with your arms, with your mind, with your body, with self-defense, the less you'll have to pull out that gun. So the rite of passage in this is going to be twofold. The rite of passage in this is what I'm thinking is that he's going to have to beat me in wrestling. At some point, for my sons, for me to be able to say to them, hey, man of God, as Paul said to Timothy, they're going to have to beat me in wrestling. And it may take a long time. I'm going to have to stay in physical shape, but they're going to have to pin me and pin me for three seconds. 
And so there, we may have to break a couch. We may, it may have to be done outside. I don't know. Probably outside so we don't destroy the house. But he'll probably be anywhere from 18 years old to 20 years old. And he's going to have to take me down. That's just going to be a part of his rite of passage. And then the second piece is that he's going to have to complete some sort of skills course uh, with a variety of different firearms. And so he's going to have to take 308 out. He's going to take an AR out. He's going to take handguns out. And he's going to have to com- complete these different courses. I want him to be a protector of a family. And so I want to build him up in that. Provide. Sons have to know how money work. They just do. They have to learn from an early age that, that interest can either make you broke or it can make you rich, one of the two. And our boys are going to be trained very, very strictly with money, and they're already being trained with money. Ransom already has well over $2,000 in his bank account. Valor has well over well over 1000 in his bank account, and we're going to be saving for Pravi as well. And by the time they're in their teenage years, they're going to have a good little, you know, they're going to have a good amount of money for them to be able to manage, and uh, we're going to teach them to manage. They're not just going to have free reign on their bank account. They're going to have to understand how money and investing works. And so we're going to be training them up in that. They also have to be prepared to prepare to provide for the needs of those they're going to have to take care of. If they're going to be the head of a home, a household, if a household is going to be created when they marry their wife, then they're going to have to know how to take care of that household. There's a lot that a household demands, and a lot that being the head of a household demands. So when we talk about provide, and contrasting that with work, work is a way of life. Provide, this is about remuneration for their work. Okay, This is about providing income for the family. It's about providing food for the family. It's about putting food on the table. A lot of this rite of passage is going to be built into his childhood and growing up about how money works, how investing works, all of that. But then we're going to help him as he begins to, to get more and more responsibility in the workforce. And I want to do that, not just having him work outside. I want to provide for him work. And I'm already, I'm already doing that now, providing opportunities for him when he gets a little bit older. But the rite of passage in this then, it could be several different things, but I've decided to make it one about hunting and fishing, about putting food on the table. This could be several different things, but I decided to make it about hunting and fishing, about putting food on the table. If he's going to be a provider, he's going to have to make sure that household has a full freezer and that household has food at all times. And ultimately we know that God is our provider, but he's going to be this under provider that he's, and he's got these obligations to take care of his family. And so for the rite of passage for one month, Ransom and Valor will have to hunt and fish for everything they eat. No food will be provided for them at all from our home. They're going to have to live off the land. Fortunately, we have fields to hunt in. We have a pond to fish in. And they're going to be able to hunt and fish for everything that they eat. We may let them su- supplement that with some greens or something like that, like giving them some vegetables because no vegetables for a month may be kind of difficult. But they're going to have to hunt and fish for everything that they eat because I want them to be able to hunt and get the food and I want them to be able to process the food. And so that's going to be their responsibility for a month. That's his rite of passage for that month. Okay, lead. Our sons are natural born leaders. They just are. Uh, everywhere they go, they're the leader. And if anybody else wants to be the leader, watch out. Uh, they they start, there's a fight that's gonna there's gonna start there's gonna be a fight. Uh, but our boys are just it's just ingrained into them. And and I love that because that's what God demands of them. They're leaders. That's what God calls men to be. That's what God calls men to do is to lead. And so uh, my boys have that in them. And I want to pull that out of them. And I want to train that and shape that and forge that in them even to a greater degree. One of the best ways to do that is to put them in situations where they have to overcome adversity. And we're going to have to tell them that life's hard, life's difficult. To be a leader means you're going to have to overcome some very difficult things. You're going to have to figure out problems that you don't have answers to. You're going to have to depend on the Lord and His leadership in your life. And you're going to turn around and you're going to see people following you. And you're going to be responsible to lead them to Christ. 
And so the rite of passage in this, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. But I'm going to require them to prepare and lead a week-long outdoor adventure slash survival trip. It may, be, may even be two weeks where we go out backpacking. We go down to Jack's Fork River. The boys will be ready for this. The father has spent his life leading the son. And now it's going to be time for the son to lead this trip, to lead this adventure, and lead his father and his brother in it. Since Ransom's the oldest, he's going to be doing this first. He's going to lead me and his younger brother. And if we have any other sons in the future, he's going to lead us on some sort of backpacking trip, adventure trip. We're going to go uh, hunt a bear in Minnesota. We're going to go uh, to Colorado and shoot an elk, something. He's going to lead this trip, and he's going to have to prepare. He's going to have to do the whole thing. And, and then he's going to have to be the guide. He's going to guide me, and he's going to guide his brother or brothers. And he's going to have to be the one that navigates all the way down the river. And when there's times of adversity on this trip, I'm going to look to him and say, son, what are we going to do? And he's going to have to lead the way. So this rite of passage is built around leadership. He's going to lead for the rest of his life, so he needs to be prepared for it. And then finally, love. Love should be the standard and modus operandi in the home. Uh, the father has got to lead the way in this. The, the home culture should be a culture of love. And so the rite of passage that, that's built around this, when it becomes obvious that the son is learning to deny himself before God and men, I think a ceremony is fitting. And in a ceremony, when you're celebrating the fact that your son is now a man, and that you can look at him and say, you're a man of God, then it is fitting to give him a, an incredible gift, to give him a really good meal, to get a good drink, tailored to the young man. And the father, and this would be good for the mother to be there as well, should speak to his son about sacrifice and speak to his son about following in the footsteps of our master, about self-denial, about what it means to love a woman, about what it means to love a family, and what it means to love the church, and most importantly, what it means to love God. And, and all this, listen, they have been around you for so many years now, 20 years, 20, 21 years, something like that now. And so hopefully this is something, this is a culture they've already caught. This isn't like a newsflash for them. Like, oh, oh, okay, we're supposed to love everybody. Yeah, duh. But this ceremony needs to be something that's special and memorable. And as you're doing this along the way, feel free to include gifts in this. Okay, gifts that, that are valuable, that are legacy gifts, are going to be cherished by a son. At least they should be, or they will be one day. If they're not cherished in the moment, they will be one day. And so when you get something for your son, when you do a celebration, when you do a rite of passage that includes a ceremony, when you give him a gift, make sure it's a good gift. That's this like raising a modern day knight. They would give them a sword, like a really nice sword to, to, to cap off the whole thing. But before a man is married, he needs to know that he is bringing his strength and his manhood to this household. He is not coming to this household to get strength. He's not coming to this household to get from a woman, but, but he's coming to give to a woman. He's coming to build a household, and he knows what a household is already because he's been trained by a father who's taught him. Pastors, take this. Uh, I'll attach a link to this article that I to an article that I wrote about this, and you can use this with your men. Well, I just sent this out to our elders last week, and we're trying to think through this together, and we're going to be developing this a little bit more. All of this is food for thought. I'm trying to not wait till it's all pol polished and perfect to be able to send it out there because I think guys need this. Men need this as they're training their sons. They want practical ideas about how to be intentional as we raise our sons up into manhood. If you have any questions about this or comments, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear all your thoughts about it. If you've got something like this that you've put together, please send it to me. Uh, th this can be a group think kind of thing. This can be something that's really helpful. So pastors, hope this has been helpful, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. 
And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.